Dr. Ben Spears, another episode of what? What are we doing here? This is episode 15 of the Sexy Recruiting, Real, Sexy Real Estate Recruiting Podcast. Absolutely fantastic. Episode 15 seems to be flying by, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. These are just going one after the other. You know, I thought, man, I don't I don't know if I'll be able to listen to Matt's voice for two, two, two of these. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Gosh, gonna, I made it to hey, 15. To- Today you're going to have to listen to it because I love talking about this topic. This topic yeah. is business ecosystems, right? You know I, I love a business ecosystem. And so what I think we're going to do today, right, we're going to stay really focused on a lender specifically in a business ecosystem, okay? So what we're going to talk about is going to match everybody, yep. uh, and, and it's going to make sense to everybody, uh, no matter what other type of vendor or ancillary service or core service you are to what goes on in a real estate, in a real estate transaction, uh, but the but the bottom line here is uh, all of what we're going to talk about is important, but we're really going to try to hone in. We're going to make the example being a, a lender because it's such an integral part of uh, integral part of what we do, right? Yeah, I, I'm absolutely. There's so many different pieces um, to to a real estate transaction, and and the fact that all these you know really need to to, to work together and 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 collaborate. You know, it, it takes a team to get you know from from point A to point B. Absolutely. You got to have, and, and you're the project manager, right? I mean, the, yep. the real estate agent is the project manager, right? So the broker has to make sure when they're hiring agents that the agent believes in having an ecosystem around them. Because yep. what you don't want is you don't want to hire an agent that doesn't believe in an ecosystem. It's okay if they don't have one, but you don't want to hire an agent that doesn't believe in it. And the reason why yep. is because that means they're basically sitting in the middle of the transaction going, you didn't get your job done. You didn't get your job done. You didn't get your job done. Instead of going, hey team, let's get this across the finish line. Yep. So as a broker that's recruiting, being able to have that ecosystem conversation with the uh, with the agent is a, is, a, is a really smart conversation to have. And as a broker, you should have an ecosystem also, right? So part of the recruiting process is bringing people into the fold and getting them up and running as quickly as possible and getting them feeling comfortable. What better way to make them feel comfortable than if you have then if you have an ecosystem that whenever they come on board, those people are reaching out going, you know, hey, Billy Bob, I heard you just joined uh, Dr. Ben's team. You know, we love Dr. Ben and, you know, we're a, we're a lender that does all these different types of loans or, or I'm a title manager that does a lot of the business. And if you ever have questions about POA, I'm, I'm here for you because, you know, Dr. Ben's a great broker and he wants you to succeed. If you can have that happen with the people that are around that, with that ecosystem, with that person as they're coming on, man, game over. Even if they have their own people, you know, they got their own guy, right? They got their own yeah. gal that does that stuff. Yep. If they if they have their if they have an ecosystem, they're still going to love it that you have one that you're offering one, right? And that's oh, how absolutely. you do it from right. And if, and if they don't have one, they're gonna they're gonna jump right in and go, oh my gosh, this is the supportive environment that I've always wanted to always wanted to be in, right? Yeah, I know I know that when um, in my first year of real estate, um, you know, I signed up I signed up with my broker. <clears throat> I, I didn't really know anyone. I didn't have a relationship with with a lender, um, and he said. He's like, oh well, you know, I I, I have a lender that, you know, I, I really I really enjoy. is really knowledgeable, right. um, and you know, maybe you should maybe I should just introduce you guys. And right. that was and that that ended up being a great relationship, you know, throughout throughout my real estate career, um, even even to this day. Yep, and and it just lifted a weight off of your shoulders as as an agent, right? Yep, and 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 it's not just for new agents, right? This is experienced agents too. Don't automatically assume as a broker. Don't automatically assume that they understand the role of the lender and the relationship they should have, which we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit. I don't want to give anything away, but we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. So dude, so, dude, I did, I did eight and a half million my first year. I know you did. Come dude. on, dude. Like, dude, it's not just for hundred <laughs> Give some, give some love for these new agents out here. That's right. The ones that are, the ones that are out there crushing it. Absolutely. I think most brokers would love to have a, a, a an agent that came on and did 8 million in their, in their first year of real estate. Not to mention you didn't have a sphere of influence here. 
Oh, absolutely. You, you moved here. You didn't know anybody, right? <clears throat> yeah, so. that, that's why that relationship was so was 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 so strong. Was I trusted my broker, right? Right, that's and I said, listen, like I don't I don't know anybody here. Right. You know, can you just introduce me to someone who can answer my questions? Right, and if all the broker did was hand you a business card to somebody that dropped one off, think of how that would have went if the transaction didn't go well. Think about how you'd look at your broker if that was the case. If they didn't truly have an ecosystem that was right. So, that's uh, exactly so right. You, so it, it means it's your, it's not just these, but it's like your title company, right? It's a landscaping guy. It's a uh, you know it's your insurance person. It's it's the the person that does your handyman stuff. It's your plumber. It's your electrician. It's all of those people, right? And and so as a as a yep. broker, having a place to have that list, you can do it on a website, right? And it just gets updated on automatically. We're not going to talk about monetizing it or, or anything like that, but it could be it could be up to, updated automatically. It can be an Excel spreadsheet that your admin at your front desk hands out as new people are on and new people are off. That's just one of the things they do in their, in their onboarding uh, process. Yep. Have those have those people available. I don't care how many are on it, right? If you want to have 96 lenders on it, bad idea, but you can do it, right, as a broker <laughs> right. if you want to do that, okay? But yeah. but the, uh, it's it's better, and we'll talk about, you know, how to, how to deal with that in, in, just a, in just a second. But so which kind of brings us to the to the first step, right? So before we... Uh, before we talk about that, so let's talk about like staging and photographer and, and all that kind of stuff because here's where things start to kind of overlap sometimes. You know, I've, I've met brokers and I've talked to brokers and I've talked to some agents that have said, oh, yeah, well, my, my handyman also does my home inspections and he also takes the photos for me. He also does the whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. He's also the realtor. <laughs> That's right. And the lender and the, and the insurance guy. No. Right, so absolutely out there in, in podcast land, do whatever you want to do, but that's a huge mistake if you're if you're crossing over those things. Okay, so there's there's a lot of reasons why. Just just you know, uh, from a from a voice of experience, from a voice of reason, it should not be everybody wearing all of those hats. It should be someone that is dedicated to succeeding in that in that one in that one uh, in that one arena. If you don't believe that, let me give you one more reason why you should believe it. If you're an agent or if you're a broker, okay. Let's say I'm a broker and I've got an ecosystem of about 40 different vendors that I deal with. And I, and, and I stay really connected with, those, uh, with all of those different lenders, or, or excuse me, with all of those different vendors. If I have a relationship with them, there's a chance that they're going to want to do business with me and send business and send business my way. And if I have 40 of them because everybody's kind of doing their own thing, Compared to me having 12 of them because a whole bunch of my guys cross over and do a whole bunch of other stuff, I'm actually limiting opportunities that I would get from the relationship based on the fact that I have less people that are, uh, I have less people that are, that have the ability of being able to send that to me. Yep. So that way you have more opportunities to be able to gather more leads from more people, right? And, and so this isn't really about leads, okay? Let, let me stop everybody right there. This, is, this conversation is not about leads. This conversation is about having an ecosystem around you that supports the transaction going as smoothly as possible. If you do that, the customers are going to want to do business with you over and over and over again. And in between the transactions, they're going to have a group of vendors that they can call that are going to help them keep their house in the condition that it needs to be in. All, there's just like a billion reasons why everybody wins by having a, a strong a strong ecosystem and by cross-pollinating, okay? So, which brings us to the, to the first point of, a, of finding a partner, okay? So, if you're, if you're trying to find a partner, the first thing you got to look for is, uh, is shared values, right? So, A, number one is, you know, the, if, if you're somebody with no integrity at all, the last thing you want is a lender that's got a bunch of integrity, right? Because right? they're going to be screwing up those crappy deals that you put together. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, I don't so, think that's right. <laughs> what do you mean do it the right way? But, uh, but, but seriously. 
If you're uh, if if you have integrity, the lender you're dealing with has to have integrity. Uh-huh. If you're hardworking, then the then the lender you're dealing with has to be hardworking. If you're a disciplined person about making sure things get are prepared on the front end the way that they're supposed to, your lender kind of has to be that same yep. person. If they're not that same person, you're not going to be able to collaborate the way that you want and do business and build things out together the way that you want to be able to build things out, right? Which which kind of brings us into the into the second point on finding your partner, yep. right? Which is which is number one here. They have to be growth minded, okay. So they they have to be focused on 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 expanding their business, okay. So there's there's vertical expansion and there's horizontal expansion. We're not going to talk a whole lot about a, a whole lot about this, right? But they have to have other places they're getting business from, right? Which is the which is the horizontal, and then they have to be able to get more business from each of those places they're getting business. That's the that's the vertical, yep. okay. So they have to be growth minded. You both have to be able to help each <clears throat> other focus on how to grow your business. And, and what is the next step? It's great to be able to grab a cup of coffee with the lender that you deal with and go, hey, what have you done this week that has, you know, has, has gotten you more business or has, has helped you expand and scale and, and do the things that you need to do? Oh, man, this is what I did. Oh, my gosh, that's a great idea. You were on a, you were on a podcast. And uh, I heard you on the podcast, and I saw it all over Facebook. And all of a sudden, the lender goes, yeah, I was on a podcast. And I mentioned that rates were low, and somebody that shared it to somebody else said, "How low are they?" And the next thing you know, I'm doing it. I'm doing a loan on them. So now all of a sudden, the broker is thinking, "Okay, well, if I'm doing a podcast, if I'm connecting with the right people, that right." So that kind of cross pollination, uh, both people being growth minded, are just going to allow each other to to do more to do more. Yeah, business, that's a great right? point. And uh, and so uh, and then the third one is uh, you know being progressive minded and forward thinking. Okay, so there's a difference between growth minded and progressive minded. You know we could we could you know split hairs at what the at what the difference is. But here's a, here's how I would uh, here's how I would I would describe that. Somebody can say that I want to do more business. I'm going to send out more postcards, right? Oh, right. I can be a broker that says, hey, you know I want to grow my business. And and hey, Mister Lender guy, you want to grow your business? Yes. Let's send out some postcards. Today. Yeah. Right. So so you're going to grow because of that and you're being growth minded because of that. But that's not really being progressive in your thought process. Right. And I'm not saying give up postcards. okay? but what I am saying is put a QR code on the postcard that takes them to the website where they can download a free whatever the hell it is so they can get, you know, they can get signed up for your newsletter or whatever it is. You need to be progressive minded in how you do things, not just growth minded. Yeah. okay? because growth minded, if you're not careful, is going to put you into a comfort zone, and if you, and, and if you're comfortable, it's it's hard to grow, and then you get into that vicious cycle. So you got to you got to kind of be both of those. Yeah. Okay. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Except for okay. sending out postcards. <laughs> Man, I love, you know I love postcards. <laughs> oh, no. People kill it with postcards. You just know you know I don't. I'm not a huge postcard guy. <laughs> you're not a huge postcard. Yeah, unless it's got like a, you know something funny on it. <laughs> right. Right. Voted souvenir. number one by an independent no. <laughs> souvenir shop post, you know, souvenir shop postcards, you know, an alligator <laughs> with a bathing suit on or something. Right, that's right. Oh, that, right. Welcome or to Florida. Like Welcome to Florida. An alligator with a bathing suit, like a like a Bigfoot, like a skunk ape, right? You know what a skunk ape is? <laughs> I don't. It's a Bigfoot that lives in Okeechobee. They, they call him a skunk ape. Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, Google it. We learned something new, guys. So, Right, so there you go. So put a skunk ape on your postcard if you want Ben to not throw it in the trash immediately. That's what it, that's what this boils down to. So let's. With that being said, let's move on to number two. All right. 
All right. So if, if I'm a broker and, and I'm really focused on recruiting and bringing people in and everything, and I want and I want a lender that's going to help me with my office orientation, as an example, right? Mm-hmm. So when a new agent comes on, and I don't mean just brand new, I mean a new agent to my company, I want somebody to explain to them the different lo- loan programs. I want somebody to, to, to connect with them on a way that builds a relationship with them so that there's a resource. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this a little bit greedy, okay? If I'm a broker, and I'm trying to focus on the growth of my office, and I'm trying to look forward to what's next, and I'm trying to make sure that I stay in front of the right recruits the way that I need to, I'm trying to position myself in training the way that I'm supposed to. And in the middle of me thinking about that, I get a knock on the door and somebody says, hey, do you know if the condo complex down the street is, uh, is FHA approved? You think that ever happens? I don't know. How many times an hour? All yeah. the time. How many, how many every seven minutes an hour is that's how <laughs> yeah. often it happens, right? So, uh, so the point is, if you train them and you have this vendor, who wants that question? A, a lender wants that question. Yeah. You follow mm-hmm. me? The broker doesn't want that question. So literally, if you don't have an ecosystem and you haven't trained people how to work inside that ecosystem, then you're literally causing extra steps in the process that are stopping the person who wants to answer the question and who's positioned to answer the question, you're actually adding a step, stopping them from getting it if you don't have an ecosystem in place. Yeah. You're creating extra work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? So, so so you have to be a, so you've got to you've got to be willing to to roll up your sleeves and work on that together. And so so what that means is you gotta have somebody that you that can be reliable for you. It's I'm gonna call it an almost exclusive relationship, okay? So so it's a monogamous relationship almost, okay? So we'll we'll call it up, we'll call it that way. But notice I said almost, right? Because a lender has to have the opportunity, especially like a especially like a lender, has to have the opportunity to be able to interact with uh, other people and, and other brokerages and, and other agents and everything to do their business. So you can't dump everything on them and say, uh, you know, hey, you need to do all of these things for me. You have to, but you, but you have to have them want to be part, a big part of what your overall solution is. They have to be part of your ecosystem. That's why I was saying before, it's not a great idea to have 40, 50, 60, 96 of them or whatever. Yep. You got to have somebody that you can, that you can rely on. Okay. And so let me give you, let me give you a great example. Let's talk about Uber for just a second. Okay. So if, if whenever someone chose to get an Uber, if they picked five cars to show up for Uber, mm-hmm. right? So right now, whenever you pick an Uber, three minutes, five minutes later, whatever, the Uber car shows up. They're ready. They're, they're there to pick you up. Mm-hmm. How many times would it take if, if three or four Uber drivers were told to pick Matt and Ben up and four of them were told Matt and Ben get into one car and drive off and the other three cars drive up and Matt and Ben aren't there anymore because the other Uber took off? How many times does that have to happen before those other drivers don't don't trust Uber? It's like crying wolf. Yep. Right? Yep. That's why you have to have that <clears throat> exclusivity. That's why you have to have that relationship with them is because people have to be able to realize when they show up to do something that they're going to be the ones that are relied on and give the opportunity to actually help. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. So that's why I said it's almost got to be exclusive. I'd love for it to be exclusive. That's just not realistic these days. But, it, but it's got to be really close to it. So like a lender, you know, you got one or one or two or three of them that, that really they handle a bunch of different stuff for you. I would say three is the absolute max, depending on the size of your office. Yeah. One or two would actually be your go-to, for lack of a, for lack of a better way. Agreed. Right? 
So, so the third thing is, uh, so you got to you got to commit, right? You got to buy into this this whole process, right? And so, what I mean by buying into the the whole process is you really have to commit to helping them succeed. So, if it's a lender, you can't just say, "Oh yeah, well, Mr. Ben, the lender, you know, I, I sure hope you win at this. You know, I'll see you next Tuesday. You don't forget my, you know, the lunch and learn and my new agent orientation that I got. And and by the way, you know, maybe one day you'll maybe one day you'll have a win. Yeah, it's just not going to work, right? If you want them to be bought in to you succeeding and your agents succeeding, and your agents being knowledgeable, and your agents being educated, and you having a strong ecosystem, you got to buy into theirs too. So you have to slot time to be connected with them to help them as they're helping you. You got you got to you got to buy it. You got to be you got to be committed to it. Yep. Second thing is you got to you got to learn to understand their role, and your people have to learn to understand their role. Okay. So what I mean by that is. You know, if uh, the last thing that you want is uh, is an experienced agent who's done things a certain way in their in their in their brokerage, all of a sudden start doing it a different way in, than how your brokerage actually handles it, right? So let's just say the appraisal process, right? So sometimes things come up with uh, with with appraisals. So if 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 everybody in your office knows how this lender deals with appraisals when they don't come back to uh, at value where they need to come back at value. If everybody's on that same page, all that does is relieve the stress across the board. Here's what here's what I mean by that: the the buyer and the seller get flipped out, whatever the, when it doesn't appraise, right? Yep. Typically, the listing agent, what happens with them? They get flipped out. Yep. Right. They get they they you know it's panic mode. How do you because their CMA might not have been right, or just the appraiser was bad, or whatever, and all of a sudden they're yelling and screaming at everybody. Why didn't you do what you needed to do? Right. So there needs to be a voice of reason in there. How, how can you be the voice of reason? You be the voice of reason by being prepared for the situation when it happens. So you tell your buyer, hey, listen, you know, I deal with Billy Bob in the office really quick, and I'm glad you chose him as a, as a lender. If for any reason the appraisal does not come back the way it's supposed to, here's the four steps, and here's how they dispute that if the valuation isn't the way that it needs to be. I don't think we're going to have a problem with that, but if we do, I just want to let you know that I know how he works. I understand his role. If you can do that, that sets everybody exponentially more at ease and you come out looking like a hero and that buyer is more likely to refer you to somebody else because you stayed on top of it. Even if the appraisal issue never comes up, yep, you still stayed on top of it. Let me, let me put this out there. As the broker listening to this podcast, it is your job to put this in place. It is not the agent's job to put this in place. This should be part of the training that you're offering your agents. You should have a lender that is doing this on a regular basis with your people to make sure they understand the process. If you do that, it's going to help you and it's going to help them and it's going to help the longevity of agents staying in your office. This is part of that re-recruiting process that we talk about all the time on SRP. Yep. If you want to get them, hire them, and keep them, the best thing you can do is set expectations and then follow through with those expectations because once people are comfortable with knowing what's going to go on, the last thing they want to do is go into an uncomfortable situation where they don't want it, where they don't know what's going on by leaving your office and going somewhere else. Whole other podcast for right now. Just learn to understand the, the lender's role. Okay, and then and then the third one, the last one that we'll uh, we'll talk about because I you know we said we would keep this uh, you know we said we would keep this to be a, a short podcast, easy to digest, right? Because we could talk about this one for all day for mm-hmm. sure. You know, you want to you want to look to help to solve their problems too. You want them to be engaged with you, so you need to be engaged with them. Right? Yep. You hope that you have a collaborative you know, buy-in from each other, right? Like we talked about, uh, and you know, willing to you know almost become exclusive and all that. That that means that you have to be concerned about what their problems are. I didn't say take them all on. 
I didn't say spend your day trying to fix their crap, right? That's not that's not what I'm saying. But when you do that, you know, as the broker, when you when you sit down once a week or once every other week and you're, you know, and you're and you're having conversations with them over coffee, talk to them about what's going on in their business. Sometimes they just need to hear themselves say it out loud and they can come up with a solution. They just need you as a as a sounding board. They need you as a partner. They need you as a supporting member of the of their ecosystem. And that can and that alone can just help them solve their help them solve their problem. Yep. And if you're a broker that's keeping up with things, you know what you're going to do? You're going to bump into some people that, that you're going to say, well, you know, I talked to so-and-so and this is what they did. And I talked to so-and-so and that's how they handled this. And I remember 20 years ago, whenever this happened, you know, I kind of dealt with it like this. I hope that helps. All that kind of stuff, even if that's not the perfect solution, they know that you're looking to help solve their situation. They want to be part of that ecosystem with you. They want to be part of what it is that, that you guys are doing together. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Cool. So, uh, so did I miss anything there? Is that, is that pretty good? No, I think that is absolutely perfect. You know, just everybody start building relationships with each other and, um, you know, help, help each other out. That's what it's all about. That's how we all win. Yeah. Completely, completely agree. Completely agree. I know that's what you did with your, with your business. I know that's how you got rip roaring. I mean, from day one, you were out there connecting with people. You had lenders and everybody else, you know, saying, Hey, Ben's the guy to use. Ben's the guy that that you want to be connected with. I mean, that was, that was all because, you know, you, you initiated that relation or the broker initiated that relationship. And then you as the agent ran with it. Great job. Yeah, That's what we want people to do. Yeah. Yeah. People are this, people are the key to winning, not leads. Right. That's why I love how you brought that up. Right. This we're not talking about leads. This isn't about leads. This is about relationships. You you can win you can win in the short term, you know, with with leads, but you can't lose in the long term with relationships. Absolutely. So so leads are uh, a uh, a runway. Exactly. Relationships are a roadway. Exactly. Right. There's a there's a bunch of different ways we could we could apply that, but you know, leads, especially buying leads, that's that's just a runway. Yep. It gets you launched. Yep. Well, guys, if you are listening to us um, on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, um, you know, hit hit that button, subscribe, follow, follow, and get and get notifications. Um, Matt, you look like you're getting ready to say something. What were you getting ready to say? Like always, man. You know what we want? We just want to be part of your win. 